Hey, now you've heard me say this, uh, an economy without a business cannot thrive. Just like a car without an engine cannot drive. So if you want to drive your dreams, if you want to drive your uh, finances, if you want to drive your community, if you want to drive your legacy, then I recommend that you get in business. That's right. Get in business. Do it now. Do not hesitate. Um, do not doubt yourself. Do not believe that it won't be successful. Let me tell you something. Everybody who starts a business uh, has something way back there uh, that says to them that it just might not make it. It's just like a basketball player trying to shoot uh, and hit that winning shot uh, at the last second of the game. They don't necessarily know if they're going to make the, you know, make, make the shot, but they take it anyway. So I'm asking you to take the shot anyway and to treat yourself, your life, your business um, in the same manner or even more so, even better than someone would treat their most prized uh, possession in the automo, uh, or, or I should say in the automobile uh, industry, in the automobile area. So that car, is it the Lexus? Is it the Mercedes? Is it uh, the BMW? What is it that you would like to drive? Drive your business in the same way that you believe you would take care of that car. I remember being at an event once and um, I was trying to teach about financial principles and about saving and everybody in the room said, oh, I, you know, I don't have enough money. I don't have, my bills are too much. My money is too little. My money is funny and my change is strange. Everybody in the room had excuses about why they could not get to the next level financially. And then I had a member of my team send a text to everyone in the room uh, from a, a, a different number. I had uh, that person send a text and I said, um, we have a Lexus available for $1,000. The first person to, to reply will get the Lexus. Do you know everybody in the room found $1,000 for the Lexus? Every single person. Not one person failed to respond to that text message about the $1,000 Lexus. Why? Because they believed that the Lexus would bring them value. They believed that the Lexus would give them some symbol of status. They thought that a $1,000 Lexus was a great investment because in their minds, they had already determined that the Lexus was worth way more than the $1,000 that they, that they had to scrape up. Now, mind you, some of them didn't even have the money. Some of them didn't have money to get home, had barely gotten there, and so on and so forth. But they were going to find $1,000, charge it or whatever to get that Lexus. What I'm saying to you, and of course, I was able to tell them that that was not uh, the truth, uh, that that was a test. And every single person in that room was convicted and they got the message that you have to be just as vigilant about investing in yourself as you would be about investing in something that the world has told you has value. Even the best Lexus is going to decrease in value over time. And what I'm suggesting is that you put your money, you put that thousand dollars into something into your mind, something that can increase in value over time, something that can uh, help you prosper 
over time, something that will help you grow over time, something that will help you build your legacy and add money to your bank account as opposed to taking it away. Okay, so if you're going to treat uh, this business, your life, uh, uh, like an engine, and I've talked about oiling the engine, I've talked about that. If you're going to treat it this way, then you must understand the personality, okay? I want you to understand the personality of an entrepreneur. I have said often, everybody is an entrepreneur. Uh, an entrepreneur is not something or someone um, that is set aside that you cannot be uh, or, or uh, emulate or and it's not a status that you cannot attain. I believe everyone is an entrepreneur. Even if you decide, I want to go to school and I want to be a teacher, a teacher can also be an entrepreneur. Even if you decide... I want to, uh, you know, be a lawyer. A lawyer can also be an entrepreneur. If you decide, I, I, do, I just do hair. Uh, someone who does hair can be an entrepreneur. You may have gone to school for engineering or uh, to be a doctor or whatever it is. Guess what? You can also be an entrepreneur. If you are a dentist, you can also be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurialism is something that we can all achieve. And it is simply the ability to continue to create new ideas, products, and services that you can monetize. That is, is for me, that's is essentially the center of entrepreneurialism. It is the ability to create ideas and products and services that you can monetize. That's what it is. So most entrepreneurs that I know are always looking for another way to monetize something. So let's just take some of the people in the hip hop industry. My uh, uh, big brother, uh, Russell Simmons, my good dear friend, um, he has done everything from, you know, just starting out with uh, records and then concerts, and then with fashion, and then with financial companies, and so on, and then yoga studios, always finding a way to turn his ideas, products, and services into monetizable assets, meaning you can make money from them, all right? So the very big difference between an entrepreneur and someone who is not is that an entrepreneur is going to make money. Some others have these ideas, but they want to give them away. That's not what we're talking about. Not that giving isn't good. Giving is good. But right now, we are talking about turning your ideas into money. The harvest is here. The time is now. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Well, 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 as you know, here on the Millionaire's Roundtable, we are always bringing the best of the best. I am so excited um, to talk today with our partner, Lindustry. Lindustry is a minority and women-led fintech leader that provides small business financing tailored for today's small business owners, including those, especially I'm going to say, those in underserved and undercapitalized communities. Um, I am so excited today um, to have this opportunity to speak to uh, someone who has not only helped 
to to make this uh, this particular company um, come to fruition for us, but is also here to provide us with specific information about how we can not only start businesses, grow businesses, but also to capitalize businesses so that we can uh, continue creating generational wealth. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the Millionaires Roundtable, uh, the CEO of Lindustry, Mr. Everett Sands. Mr. Sands, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Glad, glad to be yes, yes. able to talk to you and thank talk to you. your listeners. Oh my goodness, let me tell you, we are all ears today. We are very excited. Uh, you know, one of the things that really stands out for me, um, there were certainly some unfortunate, uh, you know, results uh, that we experienced as a world and as a community around uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, but one of the things that was exciting was that it was a time for small business owners and entrepreneurs and sole proprietors um, to have a, a small seat at the table. So it's exciting for me that we get to still have this seat at the table. Can you tell us, tell our listeners about Lindustry and what exactly do you do for small business owners? That's a great question. So Lindustry is a small business and commercial real estate financer or what's called a non-bank lender. Um, we have offices around the country, three specifically in California, including LA and Orange County, um, that help small businesses in terms of getting access to capital, which traditionally means uh, one of our loan programs, we have eight different loan programs, or one of the various grant programs that we run throughout either a city, a county, or a state. Okay, so you know the, the beautiful thing is that you're a lender, but you also power grant programs. Can you tell us more about how okay. that came about? Sure. So one of the, I'm, I'm sure like many of your listeners and, and maybe yourself, you know, after what I call Floyd Plus, um, I think we all tried to think about what we could do to help our community. Um, and being a finance guy, uh, my thought process was we could, I could leverage the industry and our team and we could get dig deeper into those opportunities or those programs in which we could deploy capital at scale to the communities that we all care about. And so one of the things we recognized when we were looking around and saying, okay, you know, why did this happen in Minnesota? And for me as a black man, I kind of looked and said, okay, the neighborhood is our neighborhood. Um, the individual who obviously this, this happened to is, is one of our own. You know, how do we get to own that store? And, you know, can't promise that a negative result wouldn't have happened um, as a result of the occurrence, but I don't think the same result would have happened if we had owned that store. And, and so, one of the things we, we kind of sat around the table and said is, you know, the deployers of capital don't have a seat at the table, but Lindustry has an opportunity to raise its hand, and that means apply for RFPs and RFIs and all the other crazy acronyms that are out there. But it really means we had an opportunity to raise our hand and say, let us be one of the deployers of capital. Let us help to guide the rulemaking. Let us help to guide the program creation. And then let us turn around, build partnerships with, uh, our various uh, partners who support underserved and undercapitalized communities. Let's see if we can bring them on board and then let's start to create platforms which are going to speak to our community, they're going to help our community, they're going to allow our community to be engaged. Because one of the things we saw with our community was the times that we would apply for a program, how we would apply for a program and the different things that we needed in order to apply, you know, where were the resources that we can get those things? 
Well, I'll, I'll break that down a little bit further. Um, when we started to look at when we applied, a lot of times we were applying at night. The way I described it, Ms. Richardson, is that the business owner is open from nine to five. Then they're handling their personal items from five to nine. And then they're sitting down at the kitchen table at 10 p.m. and thinking about applying for grants and things like that. So how do we start to build uh, tools and platforms that can be open at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 12 a.m.? And that was the win. Then we started to think about, okay, well, well how do we think about the, the programs themselves? You know, a lot of them in the beginning were first come, first serve. And so if you think about the timing in which we're applying, and then quite frankly, some of the paperwork that was required, you know, first come, first serve wasn't always the best thing for us. Now, sometimes the government rules are what they are. We can't do anything about it. But when we do have an opportunity to make those rules, we wanted to be, you know, one of the deployers of capital set at the table and say, look, we think that everything shouldn't be first come, first serve. Sometimes you just want to have a round that gives people an opportunity to apply over, over several weeks. And then you can start deciding on who, who gets the money. And then the third thing was to start to look at the business service organization, the community service organization, and say, okay, how do we want to think about this differently? Lenishree would love to be all things to all people. But the truth is, is that there are plenty of organizations out there that have already built a rapport with our communities. We could partner with them. And then in the spirit of partnership, this will add more scale to the mission and to the goals that all of us have. And at the end of the day, that resonated with us. If we could partner with other institutions and that meant more people got access to the capital, more people were able to either fill out an app, a loan application or grant application the, the correct way and or get the support that they need to get those supporting documents. That meant a lot to us. So long-winded way to answer your question, but um, these are the things that we've been working on since 2020. I'm financial expert Lynn Richardson. You may have seen me on Good Morning America giving financial advice. When you get my freedom package, you get the 21 days to financial freedom and how to start a home-based business. See you in class. Wow, this is exciting. Uh, wow, it feels like this was made um, just for us. And uh, I'm, I'm just always excited to know more about how um, underserved markets, um, African-American, black and brown people can get access to funding. So this is exciting. So, so tell me this. I know that you're administering grants in L.A. County. When does that program start? So the first program started, and let me, let me back up first. I'm going to give you some basic information, and I'm going to talk about it, then I'm going to come back around. So grants.lacounty gov gov so grants.lacounty.gov we want to make sure that everybody knows about that and if actually if they want to use the phone 833-364-7268 again 833-364-7268 so you want to make sure they have that but then i want to also explain that when it comes to any of these programs the money generally gets allocated from a source usually the federal or state government in this case we have both and with those different allocations they've given us different rules and I, and I explain that to you, to you and, and to your audience, because I think it's really important that they understand that there are going to be multiple programs because there's multiple sources of funds. And then with those multiple programs, there are going to be programs administered for different types of businesses. So I can't let the cat out of the bag completely, but I can tell the phone number and, and I can tell the website. And now I'm going to tell you the, the current program. So the current program are for what we call our micro businesses. These are businesses that have revenue less than $50,000. Now, 
they're going to have to upload a couple of things to show proof of their, that they um, have made less than $50,000, for example, their 2019 federal tax returns, all the pages. They're going to have an application certification where they're going to have to check a box and going to say, my revenues are under $50,000, in addition to other things that they're going to have to confirm uh, related to the program. But this first program is going to be for those businesses under 50000 Now, notice I said there's six programs. So I want to make sure everybody knows that they're going to have an opportunity, but we want to encourage everybody to look at the documentation required in the first program because you're going to see a repeat of that documentation. There'll be little tweaks here and there because some programs are going to allow for nonprofits, some programs are going to allow for for-profits, and there's different little rules and tweaks for each one of those. But the answer to your question is we have one program that started already. Uh, audience can apply at grants.lacounty.gov, and if for any reason um, that revenue size is less than 50000 I still want them to pay attention to the information we're collecting because there's going to be another program that comes around here pretty soon. I uh, can't release the date yet, um, but it's going to ask for some similar documentation. Okay, understood, understood. This is great, great. We are getting the insight. I'm so excited. We're here on the Millionaire's Roundtable, and I am talking with the CEO of Lindustry. Yes, I'm talking with the CEO of Lindustry, Mr. Everett Sands. And uh, of course, um, I'm getting so excited. I have a few more questions, if that's okay. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for staying here with us. Okay. So what should businesses do to get help applying for a grant? Yep. So uh, as you heard me mention before, we always think about the partners who are the right partners. And in this case, we have something called the Los Angeles Small Business Development Center. You'll hear the acronym SBDC. Don't let that you know, scare anybody. That just means Small Business Development Center. You're going to want to go to the Los Angeles one. There are ones in Orange County and Ventura County and, and other places, but you want to specifically go to the Los Angeles one because that is the partner that is designated for this particular program. So that's number one. I'm going to say go to them, and they're going to provide technical assistance, business advising. Now, for those who maybe can't meet them during the times that they're open, I'm going to encourage you to go back to that website, grants.lacounty.gov. It's going to give a lot of information there. We've got an application a guidebook. It literally walks through every single page of the application and says, here's the information you need to provide. It also includes the eligibility criteria. It includes the different information in terms of what you're going to need to upload, which I'll go over here shortly. And then the third thing I'm going to encourage is the phone number, which is the 833 364-7268, because maybe talking over the phone based on, you know, a busy work schedule or something else might be better suited uh, for some of the listeners. And now, you know, maybe you don't have that option and all you have is the sound of my voice here. So I'm going to try to walk you through some of the things that are going to be needed. One is going to be an application certification. Two is going to be the 2019 federal tax returns. Three, some type of registration designation from the state of California. So normally that's things like articles of incorporation, certificate of organization, depending on what type of company you might have, filing a fictitious business name. You might have a professional license. You might be a sole proprietor that's a beautician or you know, or own your own salon. So so that that's gonna be your barber's license or your beautician's license or cosmetology license. And that's what we mean by professional license. And then you're gonna need, a, or you could have a government issued business license. So that could be something completely separate. And that might be the CDL license if you're a trucker or, or you know, or some other state certification. Uh, that's going to be kind of the third thing. So the third thing is some type of proof 
that you are certified that you're authorized to operate a business. Then we're going to need a government-issued photo ID. We're going to need your driver's license, a state ID. Uh, it could be your foreign uh, ID card. It could be your passport, U.S. or foreign-based passport. And then the fifth thing is we're going to need to validate the bank account that the money is going into. So we're going to need a, a valid bank account. So if you're in the mattress money, um, I'm going to encourage you to go and open a bank account before you apply. You don't have to necessarily do it before you apply. But that'll help to speed up your process if you're able to put in your bank information in that online application. So those, those are the different things that we're looking for uh, in what we call phase one. Uh, in this first grant application. Let me just pause here, Ms. Richardson. I might have sparked something in your mind, so I don't, I don't want to run too deep. <laughs> okay. No, this is very good. Um, just a couple of more questions, and, and just so thankful that you have taken the time to go, uh, you know, to be, uh, to provide us with this in-depth information. Um, very, very thankful for that. What can business owners do now to be ready for the grant opportunities when they come up? Absolutely. So you, you heard me mention nonprofits. Um, and Lindsay is actually one of the first organizations in the country to do nonprofit grant programs. Um, one of the things we were able to do is see from a socioeconomic perspective that our nonprofits are supporting, as you know, um, not only financial items, but mental health items, childcare, and a variety of different things. And so we got to make we had to make sure during the pandemic that they were also supported. So I just want to give a shout out to our nonprofits, and I want to tell them to make sure you get your 501c3 letter ready, your 501c4 letter ready, your 501c6 letter ready, whatever that might be. And then for them, their tax returns are going to be a little bit different. So they have something called a 990, and then they have different types of 990s, 990Z, 990N. Sometimes you'll hear people say a postcard. A postcard is when a nonprofit makes less than $50,000. They don't have to even file the full tax return. So they just have this thing called a postcard. We'll ask for a copy of that um, whenever we, whenever they're uploading their information. The other thing is I'm just going to go back to our, you know, our for-profit businesses that I'm going to just make sure that they know whether they're a partnership, which means they got a 1065, whether they're a corporation, which means they got an 1120, whether they're an S-Corp, which means they have 1120S, or maybe they might even be, you know, a sole proprietor, which means they have a Schedule C. I want to make sure that all those tax returns are filed. Notice you keep hearing me talk about 2019, um, and that's because most of the programs related around COVID, they have to you have to have been in business before um, the governor uh, filed for the emergency, and the state emergency was in March of 2020. Now there will be some other programs. There's, for example, there's a there's a, nat, a statewide program called California Dream that's for startups uh, for those who might be looking to get a grant. I want to encourage everybody to also go to lindustry.com. If you if maybe these programs don't fit you, you might be looking for one of the other programs because there are lots of programs uh, that Lindustry is running on both the county level and the state level. Okay, awesome, awesome. This is great. This is great. Let me tell you all, be ready so you don't have to get ready. <laughs> That is, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the motto. That is the motto. Um, you know, this has just been so wonderful. I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, I know that I'm going to hear more from you. And um, we're just excited about what you're doing for the community. Is there anything else that you want to share with us, Mr. Sands? Yeah, no, I would. First of all, thank you again for the opportunity to be here. I just want to encourage everyone that we are working hard to develop different programs and new programs. Um, we're looking at things like contractor financing, 
We're looking at programs, again, to help those who just started a business as well as those who have been in existing in business. We're looking at things like workforce development, youth programs. So I just want to encourage you all to, to keep looking at Lendistry.com, L-E-N-D-I-S-T-R-Y.com, as we continuously roll out these programs. We're asking Richardson to, to, to keep making the public service announcement so that so you get to hear about them. Uh, but we want to, you know, keep continuing to help you keep continuing to guide you as you go through uh, supporting your business, expanding your business, and, and moving forward. We're all in this together, and, and you know, so excited to help the small businesses, uh, the local small businesses of Valley County. We are all in this together. Did you all hear that? I keep telling you, we are creating millionaires one day at a time, one dollar at a time, one dime at a time, and that means you. And having a sustainable capitalized business is a part of your ongoing wealth preservation uh, strategy. Thank you so much, Mr. Sands, for this opportunity. I am so excited about what you're doing, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Thank you so much. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. The harvest is here. The time is now, and it you must oil that business engine. And uh, one of the reasons why you want to oil that engine, because the engine of your business is going to basically provide all of your ideas, intellectual property, product, service, and resources with the ability to generate sales and revenue so that you can have a profit. And the number one way to get a profit, to have more money um, above and beyond your expenses, your emergency needs, and your taxes, is to get your money back. So how can you get your money back? If you're in business, you're going to spend money on certain things, and you want to know what those things are, and you want to know the rules about those things. Learn the rules of the game and then play the game by the rules. Now, let me just say this to you. If your tax preparer is telling you you can't do these things, I'm going to tell you right now, they're not telling you the truth. The IRS tax code is over 70,000 pages long, and there are basic rules for every single thing that I'm going to say to you. So this is not what Lynn said. This is what the IRS said, and I'm going to lead you there. So one of the number one ways to get your money back is to take a look at your vehicle deductions. Can anybody say gas prices? Come on now. If you are spending too much money at the pump, guess what? Drive for business so you can get your money back. When you drive from your house to your job, you don't get that money back. But if you are an independent contractor, a sole proprietor, have your own business, a home-based business, now, this is not driving from your house to your office building that you own as a business. You don't get any deductions from that. This means your primary business operations are out of your house. Now, you may say, well, Lynn, I drive for Uber, so I'm on the road. Well, if you are an Uber driver or any other kind of worker who has to actually do the function of your business outside your home, what the IRS is looking for is that the administrative portion of your business takes place in the house. So you get prepared, you look at your accounting, you uh, you know detail your schedule, you do all that from home. So it is a home-based business, even though you have to go get in the car and deliver, all right? If your business has another location, that's not a home-based business, and this particular rule does not apply. When you have a home-based business and you leave your house and you drive for business, any place you drive for business is now eligible to be a tax write-off. You either get to write off the mileage or the expenses associated with that trip. 
It is all uh, commensurate with the amount of business miles that you drive per year. So if you drive 10,000 miles per year and 5,000 of them are for business, that's 50% of the usage for business, then 50% of your expenses, 50% of your gas, 50% of your registration, 50% of your engine, your oil change, 50% of all of that stuff is now going to be a tax write-off. This is huge. This is huge because if you're spending $500 a month on gas, that means if you're driving for business um, 50% of the time, then that's $250 a month. That's $1,000 uh, 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 every uh, four every four months, okay, um, and that's three thousand dollars for the year. Now three thousand dollars is three thousand dollars, and I'm using small numbers. So your vehicle deductions, you are either going to write off the expenses or the mileage, okay? You're going to write off the expenses or the mileage. If you were driving that car for business last year and you wrote off the mileage, then you're gonna also have to write off the mileage again this year, all right? So you wanna talk to your tax preparer or you wanna Google IRS vehicle deductions. Pull up the schedule associated with this particular deduction and read it, all right? So when your tax preparer tells you you can't do it, you're gonna actually go find the knowledge that proves that you can, or you can enroll in classes at New Wealth University because I've been training with uh, my tax coach who was an IRS, um, he was an IRS uh, trainer. He's an attorney and a CPA who used to work for the IRS and train all the auditors. And now all he does is train folks like you and I. So you can go there and um, you can get that information. Um, the next area where you wanna make sure you're getting your tax write-offs. I've already, I've, uh, tax write-off, I've already mentioned it in those meals, okay? I don't go out to eat for, for personal reasons, ever. I always go out to eat for business reasons. Every time I go out to eat, it's to discuss business. Now, I'm in the business of money, and it's always appropriate because everybody needs some <laughs> or trying to get some more. Uh, so it's a topic that always comes up. So I always schedule all of my meals when I go out to eat with people. Those are always business meals, okay? So you can get that money back as well. I'm telling you, the harvest is here and the time is now, and it's time for you to oil that business engine. Let's talk about real estate, real estate, real estate. Hi, I'm financial expert Lynn Mitchison. You've seen me on Good Morning America, The Breakfast Club, and KBLA Talk. I'm so excited about sharing with you the Home Buyers Club. It's time for you to get the home of your dreams. No credit, no problem. Low credit, no problem. No down payment, no problem. I'm excited about you getting a piece of the American dream. Join the Home Buyers Club today. Yes, the harvest is here. The time is now. That is still the case because I want you to know it, see it, receive it and believe it. And you have to oil your business engine. And uh, ultimately, one way to get the profit that you need is to get the money back. So we're talking about um, ways that you can do that. I talked about meals. Um, Here's something else I want to say about meals. You used to be able to write off 50 percent of your meals. But because of the pandemic, because of the pandemic, when the CARES Act was put into place, you're able to write off 100% of the meal if the meal is at a restaurant or it's takeout from a restaurant. Remember I said businesses are the uh, engine of the economy. A car without an engine cannot drive and an economy without a business cannot thrive. So the government wanted us to start to make the restaurant industry thrive. And so that was the incentive 
um, to, you know, go to a restaurant. And if you do that and you discuss business, you get to write off 100% of that meal. So that's extremely important, all right? That's due to the CARES Act. Check with your tax preparer for the expiration date on that. Here's something else. Now, let me just say this. Uh, If you are in business with your spouse, eating out with your spouse does not qualify. Uh, The IRS is not funding date night. All right. So if you go out to eat with your spouse, it does not matter. You could have the biggest business in the galaxy. Um, That is not a tax write off. In order for it to be a tax write off, you and your spouse have to be at that meal with another third party. Uh, And I would say make sure it's more than one person. All right. So if you and your uh, spouse are in business and you do real estate or you do sales or whatever it is that you do and you're meeting with a potential client, a potential referral partner or someone who is a contractor or a vendor, um, then that becomes a write off. So you want to be very, very careful about that. And um, you don't want to try to play games. All right. I say learn the rules of the game and play the game by the rules. It's very important for you to know that. Now, with all these expenses, you must know who, what, when, where, why and how much. I said all of that before, but I'm going to say it again. Document everything. Here's another way to get your money back so that ultimately in oiling that engine, which the purpose of that is to fuel your ideas, product services so that they create sales and revenue. So that after that sales and revenue, after your expenses, your emergency needs and your taxes, you've got a profit. All right. And the number one way to get a profit is to have less money going out or to have more money coming back in. And this is one way to get the money coming back in. The third area, uh, again, this is something that every last one of us, if you're in business, um, you either have or should have um, or you're already doing. So most of us are driving. Most of us are eating. I don't know too many people who aren't doing either or both of those things. Here's here's the other thing. Your home office. You want to take advantage of the home office deduction because if you do that, now you're going to get back a portion of your rent, your light bill, your gas bill, your telephone bill, all these things. It's very important. It's a lot of money. When you start to add up, because you might say it's just, it's just $10, it's just $20, it's just $30. When you add up all the it's just, your wealth is lying there. So not only do you get to write off your computer and everything that you bought for that home office, but also your utilities and household expenses as well. This is good. It's time to oil that engine. The harvest is here and the time is now. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Okay, the harvest is here. The time is now. We've been talking about oiling the business engine, um, the personality of an entrepreneur, um, and also the business anatomy. And all of these things work together uh, for your good. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, let me tell you something. All these pieces work together um, in your business um, to make your business prosper and grow. So let me just say a couple of more things about the home office. If you want the home office deduction, that space must be used exclusively for business. You cannot use your home office as a business Monday through Friday and a place to sleep for your guests on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Saturday and Sunday on the weekends, whatever Christmas holiday, your mother-in-law comes over. She can't sleep in there. If she does, it's no longer home office. You do not get the deduction, okay? Uh, you do not get the deduction for uh, that portion of your rent, mortgage, um, thousands and thousands of dollars, okay? So it is exclusively for business. Take a picture 
of everything in your home office. So if you are ever asked any questions by the IRS, if you have to document anything, you've got proof of what's in there. Have a sign talking about your business. Make sure you've got uh, some marketing material for your business in there. Uh, in my home office, and I have uh, three of them, I have three home offices in my home. One is a, an administrative office. Another is a studio where I record um, everything, um, video, audio, whatever it is. And a, a third space is where I take uh, meetings and I have important uh, business discussions or if someone comes to my home uh, for a business meeting or I'm meeting with a network executive, uh, that that's where I do that, okay? So I want you to uh, remember um, that this space must be used exclusively for business. Business trips, if you're taking a business trip, because what? You wanna get your money back. You wanna get your money back, okay? Trust me, the amount of work that it takes to learn how to get your money back is nothing compared to the feeling that you have when you get to pay less money, all with the permission of the IRS. This is with the permission. It's with the permission of the IRS, okay? A business trip, you must intend to do business before you go. You cannot take a vacation, go to a reunion, uh, or go and see your boo or your baby or your whatever. You cannot turn that into a business trip after you arrive or when you return home. You must set your intention prior to leaving. I would say even before you book the airline ticket or your hotel or whatever it is, or get in a car and drive, send an email to someone uh, indicating that you are coming to do business, okay? And actually do business when you get there. Um, sometimes it's easy if you're going to a convention or conference, but if you're going to a convention or a conference, you must spend more than half your time doing that thing. But if you go to scout out a new building, or if you go to check out a, a referral partner or have a meeting with a client, you don't have to spend more than half your time. So those are some of the things you get to learn at New Wealth University. The harvest is here and the time is now. KBLA Talk 1580, we've got a lot to talk about. What is the action of the day? The action of the day um, is to take an inventory of your business. What's working? What's not working? Um, are you really making money? Is this frustrating you? Do you want to quit? Uh, are there some people in your business who should no longer be a part of your strategy? Do you need to let someone go? Do you feel sorry for them, their family or their children? I know so many people who know that someone should not be working for them, but you feel sorry for the whoever. Let me tell you something. If you really feel sorry for them, free them. Free them. Because what you're doing right now isn't working. It's not working. Okay? Um, you think that if you let them go, then you're taking money off the food off their table when actually you could actually be freeing them to get the creativity 
to get the passion, to get the skills that they need to soar. You aren't helping anyone by enabling them. You are not helping anyone by being codependent. And you are not helping anyone when you know that you two or three or four, however many people it is, that you're working together is not for the greater good. You're frustrated. You're tired. You're irritated. You don't trust the person. Something is happening and it is not leading you to where you want to go. Let them go. Be a big girl. Be a big boy. Pull your, you know, underwear up. What they say, put your big girl underwear on. That's what they say. That, look, I didn't make it up. That's just what it is. Put them on in that relationship so that you can get to the next level. Okay? Take inventory. If you don't know how to do that, go to asklin.org, get the master achievement plan, get, get the master achievement plan, or better yet, join the Entrepreneurs Academy. Here's the word of the day. It's first Chronicles 4 and 10. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel and said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. I'm asking you right now to cry out that your territory may be increased. You may be on a job right now that's only paying you $15 an hour and you cannot figure out how you're going to get from forget check to Monday. You can't get from check to the next hour. Okay. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Pray and then make work and effort towards the progress. The harvest is here. The time is now.